to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I consider the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Excellent. Oh, that's a little different. You usually say, I'm well. Well, I got very little to no sleep last night. So. Oh, me too. I I'm not as well as usual. Yeah, three, I had a terrible sleep last night too. Yeah. Uh, and in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing good. Excellent, excellent. So uh, for folks who are curious, because uh, some of our listeners like Pam are always curious when we record these episodes, this one is actually being recorded on December 12th. Uh, that's not true. December 15th, 2022. Uh, so uh, this one will actually be released almost immediately. So by the time you hear this, it won't even be seven days if you're listening to it the moment uh, or the day it gets released. Uh, for folks who are curious, uh, Cinema a la carte is back. Uh, Halloween Boutique is back. Uh, by the time you hear this episode, there will be a Halloween Boutique episode that will already be out. I'm not sure which one that one is yet. And then Cinema Card again and flipping flip flop, flip flop and stuff. So a lot of good stuff's coming out. Um, this here, uh, for folks who are curious, this podcast, the Dark Discussions podcast, what we do here, we basically talk about genre films, a weekly podcast that does that, which is horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, outhouse, midnight movies, foreign films, uh, drive-in fear, cult films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we do have an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, where you can email us. Just put in the subject uh, dark discussions listener because then we'll know it's specifically from a listener uh, because uh, we do get a bunch of um, emails from our website where when people comment or things are spam or something it sends an email to us too that says dark discussions and and stuff so uh, just to clarify and we won't lose your email sounds uh, like something the person that runs the website should deal with yeah I'm, well I'm thinking I'm thinking I may have to May have to uh, <laughs> sh- shut off the, the the automatic generated emails that come from the website because uh, they they spam through and, and everything gets lost. So that that'll probably be happening shortly. 
Um, but uh, you can also email us through, directly through the website. You can go to www.darkdiscussions.com and just press contact us on the menu at the top of any page, and that will open up an email box as well. Uh, and again, you can uh, put a subject, uh, Dark Discussions Listener. Whatever you write, we will uh, read on the podcast as long as it's not derogatory crapola. And uh, we will be uh, happy to uh, um, hear your thoughts and uh, uh, give a shout-out to you uh, specifically for emailing us. Uh, but we'll also give you a shout-out for anybody who uh, does something else. And, Eric, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com, the website? <laughs> Sorry, you threw me off with the, the website right I know. I, I was thinking <laughs> of what I was saying. It like the movie is like the, the, the merchandising in Spaceballs. Dark discussions, the flamethrower. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on the website, you can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things for uh, domain names and web hosting and uh, computer equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. Uh, so if you would like to offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions or follow the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. We appreciate all contributions. Indeed, indeed. And uh, speaking of Patreon, uh, we'll probably do one or two Patreon episodes in January and February because it's usually a, a slower time uh, of good releases. And so it's hey, a perfect opportunity. I, I can think of two coming out. Oh, you do. All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Either way, we're going to try to fit in uh, a Patreon or two uh, in the in Q1. Yeah, of, Q1 uh, is usually not filled with great new movies. Well, we yes. got a, we got a, what do you call? It? We got a uh, M Night, and we've got a James Wan coming. All right. Well, we'll, we'll take a look at those. And but, of course, uh, of course, funny. of course, Cocaine Bear. Yeah, yeah we're definitely doing well, that, that one. That I that's, thought that's is just out. we set a month aside and have four podcasts. Dedicated. <laughs> cocaine bear month. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> uh, of the scariest one, one, one looks good to me too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, so but that's three, and there's usually what twelve to, to four. No, that's that's uh, three movies in. Three months, yeah. so yeah, yeah so, we can so do that, material. We can do yeah. we can do Patreon. Yeah. Exactly, I think we have some Absolutely. time to, to fit one or two in. So, uh, we have a few of them: Sexy Beast, Ride, um, Something Wicked This Way Come, which we can't do yet because it's still not available, um, and stuff. I've so, lost track. You'll you'll need to send the current list of what we yeah, have. We, to we do. really need to stay more on top of this. Yeah, yeah, we we sure do. We sure do. Um, uh, even though we we get into downloads and and I see the 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 people doing it doing the downloads, uh, the contact uh, from folk uh, has been a little light. Uh, probably specifically because uh, Q4 of every year is kind of busy for a lot of folk with all the holidays. But um, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try to uh, hope to uh, get more feedback and and discussion from listeners so we can we can um um be more on top of everything with with what's going on with you folks that are on the other side of uh this i guess listening device that you are listening to our podcast from um 
All right, so I think that's pretty much all the house cleaning there. So uh, if we have time at the end of the podcast, we'll discuss maybe what we've been doing, watching stuff, anything related to genre, uh, news maybe, things of that nature um, and whatnot. But uh, before we do that, we do have our episode tonight. And uh, Eric, uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going for a holiday theme and discussing a movie that's currently in theaters starring David Harbour. Violent Night. And and Beverly D'Angelo. David Harbour. Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> who who has a, already has a one classic Christmas film on her list. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the ranger do my sword. <laughs> this is my full fear of the Santa. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! It's Christmas! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! You have $300 million in your personal vault. That's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> I don't want any trouble, okay? Somebody's gonna scooch up that chimney. <laughs> Who is he? Because he's not your typical mall Santa. Santa, are you there? Daddy said you were very busy tonight. My name is Trudy Lightstone. Are you going to help us, Santa? Yeah, Trudy. Santa? No, my nice list. Santa Claus is coming to town. Seasons beatings. Who the hell are you? But what if he really is the real? No such thing as Santa. These bad men, they're all my naughty list. Naughty. That's naughty! And what do you do to the naughty ones? I give them a lump of coal. Where is it? I gotta watch. I believe in you, Santa. Come on. Which one of you did that, Prancer? So unprofessional. Uh, that's right. Uh, Violent Night, uh, starring uh, David Harbour, but uh, the bi- the big name. Uh, as Mike mentioned, Beverly D'Angelo is the one that's really out there going, doing all the talk shows, promoting this film big time. So give her a lot of credit. I don't watch those. So I wouldn't know. Well, it's, I, I, I don't either, but, but, uh-huh. but they, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> no, what it is, it's on, if you go to the websites of, uh, news stations, they, they have interviews from her and, and it, yeah. it rep- rep- recognizes where she's been and all that. 
Um, but yeah, I don't even have cable, so. Um, so also it stars other folks too, including uh, John Leguizamo. Uh, Aguizamo. Second genre film in a month, or maybe yes. just yeah, why, just under why, a month, or just. Why? What was the his menu. other film? He was in the menu. Oh, oh okay, he was okay. Which is still uh, Yes, yes, I do. Uh, this film here was directed by Tommy Ricola, uh, who is uh, best known Ricola! for <laughs> best known for um, the films um, uh, Dead Snow uh, from Norway. He's a Norwegian, actually a Norwegian uh, individual. Uh, Norwegian is his first language. Uh, and then, um, a, uh, then uh, Pat Casey. He's a Swede. The answer is and Swede. <laughs> Pat Casey and Josh uh, Miller are uh, the writers. Uh, they're probably best known for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog films. Um, Fuck that film, hedgehog. Uh, the film is... I saw both of those films with the kids because they, they like that stuff. Um, so this film here is getting about 72% good reviews out of 178 critics. Uh, if, if critics really matter to people. Um it is uh, doing pretty good at the box office, uh, 45.9 million with a budget of 20. And uh, the film is a Universal Pictures. So uh, if you have, what is that, Mike? Uh, Universal. Is that uh, uh, Peacock? No, no. But Univer- What's Universal? Universal they have, a- have their own. They don't, yeah. So you're going to have to rent it no matter what. But is that theaters right now? Well, no, it could end up on Netflix, Prime. Depends on who buys the rights to it. Yep. That is true. That is true. Uh, so, yes, uh, we'll go around and discuss how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And uh, so let's start with you, Barrett. Um, so I had seen previews for the movie and was interested in it. Um, it looked pretty funny. I liked this film, and I will say it is derivative. I know I got attacked for that for one other movie, but... It's derivative in a good way, unlike the other movie I talked about. So I really liked it. I thought it was funny. There were a lot of good pieces from it where they're taking stuff from other films. And it was just a lot of fun. And I laughed a lot. And what was that other film that people were upset about the derivative comment? Uh, It was Smile. Gotcha. Gotcha. Eric gave me a hard time. So that was that was an awesome film, Smile. It was, well, yeah, it was a ripoff of a couple of films, but it was awesome. Right, and Avatar was derivative. There's all sorts I, but, of uh, Barrett, I think you're exaggerating a little bit. I don't think <laughs> I said you were. I don't think I said you were wrong about that. I said it was irrelevant. Fair enough. All I right. Kind so, of remember you wishing wishing damnation on his family. I, I remember. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Our... I'm just explaining because I was asked about it. So this time I've had the same feeling, but. You asked what would there be a movie I thought was good that was derivative, and yes, this one is. Okay, all right, sounds good. Uh, well, Smile was was pretty good. It was derivative. I like Smile. Uh, I'm just it, not in the same way. All right, so uh, Mike, your thoughts and how did you hear about this film? Yeah, I just can't believe Eric is going to take this bullshit from Barrett. I'm just saying. <laughs> <sad. laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I think I saw an internet. Add like a post, like the the picture of the poster on Facebook or something, and I just dismissed it because every year we get some crappy uh, horror Christmas movie, and so I ignored <laughs> it. And then I saw 
And then, like, the next day, I went to a movie, and it was there in the trailer, and I was like, oh, wait, David Harbour? And it's, oh, okay. This actually looked pretty good. And to my surprise, it actually was pretty good. Um, I actually think it's really fun, very well written. Um, basically, you know how people like to pretend that they're clever and argue that, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Well, this kind of settles the argument said, no, here is Die Hard. That's a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 horror adjacent. It is a violent action film with Santa Claus as your hero. If you've ever watched the horror, the uh, the the Bill Murray Christmas classic Scrooge. Uh, that was my first thought was the, they have a trailer for a fake film starring Lee majors called the night the reindeer died. And my first thoughts watching the trailer for this was, Oh my God, they turned that into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, this is the movie I did not know I was waiting 30 years to see. So yeah, I had fun with it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I first heard about it in passing from Mike because uh, Mike brought it up saying, yeah, there's this film called Violent Night uh, that was coming out. Maybe that could be a Christmas film. And I said, all right, sounds good. And then uh, Mike Merriman of uh, the Fresh Cut podcast um, through the Dark Discussions Network released an episode on the movie. So that brought it more to my attention. And then Eric uh, brought it up uh, as our next episode and then i asked mike was what was the name of the film that you suggested uh like two weeks ago and it was the same film and i said all right let's do it uh so that's how i heard about it so i didn't even know this movie existed um until like mike just mentioned it um so i saw it uh on sunday night there was like four people in the, in the theater which was good um and yeah this is this is a good film uh it's, it's uh fun it's funny it's outrageously over the top. Um, they play it seriously, uh, even though it's kind of a comedy. So that was pretty awesome. Um, it was also heartwarming. Um, if it didn't have the outrageous violence, um, this would be a fine film for, for, for children too. Um, Except it does have that. Violence. <laughs> Just so Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I, I pre prefaced my comment with that. Um, and uh yeah it's a, it's a really good uh um uh i guess holiday horror thriller action film um and yeah i didn't even know that was Beverly D'Angelo or David Harbour until i looked it up after um and i did not know that Tommy Wercola was the director either until i looked up after as well it took uh, me the longest time to figure out that was her <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I was knew like, it was somebody I should know, but I had to look it up after. Yeah, I had to. I had to wait until the end credits because the voice was familiar, but she did not look like herself to me. Well, yeah. you know, and, how, and the voice like, is a little deeper too, a little deeper. Yeah, you know how it's it's Christmas time, and Christmas time the kids get a lot of toys, and a lot of toys are made of plastic. Um, I think that might have yeah. been one of the issues with Beverly D'Angelo. I understand. <laughs> um. But yeah, yes. I so yeah, I it bugged right. me. I, I didn't have an opinion. Out. Go ahead, Mike. Damn, I, I didn't figure it out until after it. Uh, <laughs> I took up on IMDb. All right, sounds good. So uh, that was my opinion. So uh, let's go with you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how I heard about this movie, um, but it was on my mind last week because it's holiday season, and uh, decided to be a good one for this time of the year. So went and checked it out. 
Um, it's 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 a little weird to me that David Harbour is a big draw for this movie. Um, I mean, I've watched Stranger Things and I like Stranger Things, but he's not the reason I like Stranger Things. <laughs> so it's it's kind of weird to me that he's kind of become a semi movie star at this point. But he did a very good job in this movie. Um, I this movie lives up to its title. <laughs> it, is, it is it is very violent. Um, as, as Phil was saying, I think something that, uh, that sets this apart from a lot of movies that try and do this is that, um, there are some heartfelt moments in the movie and they're done well. They're, they're very effective. They're, they're mushy. They, right. they make you get the feels. Um, and it's kind of interesting that they're able to, uh, execute that, uh, juxtaposition with, with those moments versus the over the top extreme violence that is going on for a lot of the movie. Um, yeah. So there were, there were a couple things, uh, a couple characters I, I didn't care for, but it also had some great moments. Um, and I enjoyed this implementation of Santa Claus. Um, they mixed it up a little bit. Um, not your, not your usual, uh, background for Santa, and I enjoyed that aspect. So yeah, all, overall, I uh, I liked it quite a bit. All right, sounds good. Uh, so it seems like all of us uh, thought the film was pretty solid. Um, and yeah, I would concur. I, I I would think I was surprised after the fact to find out that David Harbour was part of the drawing uh, of the audience to the film too. I, yeah, people I, are I'm, excited about him being in this movie, and it's surprising to me. That's all. Yeah, yeah, same here. Ask, what is he? I know he's obviously he's done Stranger Things, and he's done he did the Hellboy movie that I was like the only person who got any enjoyment out of it. <laughs> uh, not not the only one. <laughs> okay, um, but what 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 else he has did, he done? He did the Black Widow movie. Oh right, okay, there you go. He played Red Guardian in Black Widow. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I believe he was um, about to give up acting until he got the part on Stranger Things. And most he's been a working actor from from that. Yeah, yeah that he's been a working film. actor for a really long time. That was the show that that kind of made him become popular, I guess. Yeah. Even though you're, that's a fair point. What you said, Eric, too, which is not everybody's watching that show because of David uh, Harbor. Um, I wanted to add on to um, Eric's point about the feels in the movie, and I think um, part of that is served very well by the chemistry between David Harbour and the little girl. I think that um, works yeah, really, yeah. really well. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll, well, like, we'll get all, into all that in a second, but we first have a Eric, uh, a wiki or IMDb? Wiki, wiki. Uh, when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. All right, that sounds good. Um, so uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, what we do here, or those who are regulars, uh, basically what we do is we don't just review films, we critique and dissect them. So uh, what we do at first will be uh, just general stuff about maybe horror uh, stuff, Related to Christmas, maybe what Mike was about to say, and we'll we'll get Mike uh, to comment in a moment with what he was about to say. But basically, stuff that is just general stuff, maybe related to the to the film, uh, like we've been talking about David Harbor. Maybe we'll talk about Dead Snow for a second and a couple other things, and then we'll throw up a spoiler alert. And then at that point, we will talk about everything and anything related to the film. Uh, so uh, we are now in the general stuff. So Mike, you were about to uh, add to Barrett and Eric's comments. 
Well, I think so much of the movie does hinge on that little girl mm-hmm. because if they if she they had a an actor or actress who was too precocious or just bad, um, I don't know if it would have worked as well. But she she really she made it work. Um, and, you know, and we've talked about issues with child actors in the past and that they're often just props and we have no idea if she's talented or just got really good direction. Um, you know, I'm sure like most child actors, she has a future of uh, rampant drug abuse in her, but, uh, (laughs) but I think the movie does in part succeed because of her and she has moments she has to pull off by herself. That could have been overly cloying, overly sweet or annoying or just badly delivered, but she sells it. But uh, as Mike always also says, and he didn't bring it up at this point, um, they probably do multiple takes, and and they get the best take as well, especially for younger. Well, the adults can experience too. That's true, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I'm just saying that it's more apt to be uh, to an inexperienced person, unless they're complete naturals. And yeah, um, so, so that's all I wanted to bring up. What's that, Mike? You know who else got multiple takes? Jake Lloyd in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> Was doesn't, still bad. It doesn't always help. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. That is true. That's pretty yeah, you, you could fire the casting director for that one. If, 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 if well, it could be the casting director. And honestly, when you're dealing, especially with a kid, if um, if you're just getting bad performances, sometimes that really is going to be the fault of the director who just doesn't know how to direct actors. Um, well, it was a, it was a, it was a strange film because Natalie Portman. Who's a Academy nominated and uh, winning actress? Uh, she was we talking about Star Wars again. She, she, she was she was pretty bad in that film too. Um, but yeah, we, we should move on to uh, a non-Star Wars stuff. But Mike's point uh, was just to bring up an example of a a, a child actor that that was bad. You always trying to be polite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't want to oh, uh, anyway. c- contribute to the. The future drug abuse that might mention. So, <laughs> I was trying to be more so, Um, yeah, this is. Uh, by the way, and I'm also going to say, and this is a. Uh, I think it's probably like the seventh or eighth time we will have said this in this calendar year, or I will have said this in this calendar year. Uh, there is a very strong for me a very at least one strong candidate for kill of the year in this, uh, and I think that's a reflection over just how good this year has been. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think this one actually might very well have kicked out my uh, my kill of the year. Um, but I did also appreciate there was a there was a line in here. I don't know if anybody else caught it. I don't know when this was written, but lines can always be improvised. That seemed to be either an homage or a shot at the Halloween franchise. Oh, I think it was a shot, and I laughed out loud. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I but you think this. that is intentional? It was an intentional oh, yes. thing. It wasn't just okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't catch this. Uh, I, I want to uh, know the kill of the year too. And oh, the, I know that one. That's that's the the end one, the the chimney the one. Last, the, the last. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. why that's very plot related. Now I understand why you couldn't say what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's but, the but, Halloween one? I want to know that one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it has to do with the a Halloween meme that came out with uh, Halloween kills. kills. Yeah. All right. Uh, you'll have to explain uh, after the spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, uh, Eric made it made a good point before I, I went to see the film. He said there's a there's a quick The Office reference in this, and uh, that I probably would not miss it, even though it's it's very quick. And, and sure enough, I did not miss it. <laughs> so, 
Yep. I, I think I caught it, and I don't. I still have not watched an episode of The Office. <laughs> it's it's go. a pretty popular meme. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into spoilers, too, I really need to stress that this is very violent. I mean, I was not even expecting the level of violence that it had. To be honest, it was yeah, pretty impressive. It could be yeah. violenter. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, Eric, let me ask you this: Since we we talk about violence and a history of violence, which we did an episode on cinema a la carte, mm-hmm. and, and you said that kind of disturbed you that that the violence in that film. Why is that more disturbing than this? Is because a uh, history of violence is this more is not realistic. realistic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I already answered. Like, so, yeah, nobody's going to take out thirty people with a sledgehammer. <laughs> with guns, they have guns. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Right, 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 right. I, I did like, uh, there is an interesting aspect here in this shit movie that, um, and I'll just call them Swedes because because if if you're not American, everybody's Swedes. Uh, um, so we, we have this uh, a kind of a backstory too, which is kind of awesome. We're not fully explained, but enough that it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So uh, uh, that was kind of cool. So we get a backstory of Santa and uh, what he was prior to Santa. Um, so that was, I like that. And it makes sense because, uh, as we know, Santa Claus or St. Nick is, is supposed to be a, a Teutonic Scan- or Scandinavian, uh, individual in real life. The, the, the Santa that was, ba- that he's based off of. Um, and so they, they play it up, uh, with that as, as they, they, uh, uh, origin story, the origin story, not they, the origin story. Um, let's see. Anything else? Uh, uh, general stuff. Uh, so what do you guys think of, uh, Tommy work color? It seems like he just does films in the snow. <laughs> Doesn't direct anything else. Just snow films. <laughs> what I like is that this is a guy who's not afraid to blow up a baby with a tank. That's true. So when you know, he's making them, he's, he's look, this is a Hollywood film. So Hollywood films are probably not going to be funding tank baby. Uh, things unless it's you know a cartoon starring uh, Alec Baldwin, but um, wow, it's uh yeah, but you, you, so you know that he's willing to go a little more over the top, uh, and you know if this is his genre, you know, fuck it, he's good at it, keep doing it. Uh, yeah, 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 that's fair, that's fair, um. And honestly, uh, finding out that the two screenwriters did Sonic the Hedgehog, it makes kind of sense, too, because though those films don't have any sort of violence like this, this film, um, they're very kinetic and they have a, a humorous and even dark sense of humor. So uh, I can see they're writing dark this as humor. well. Yeah, dark. Right. Super dark times. Right. Now, I, I have not been in uh, – I have not seen the Sonic films. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Jim actually, Curry I, is so good. Oh my god! I have I think heard it's, that they're actually good, and yes. you know, so the idea. I will never see them because fuck that hedgehog. But well, I'll tell you one thing: I, I, it's, don't, don't, you want to see it because of that, Jim plenty. Curry. You want to see it for Jim Curry, dude. Jim Curry was never, like in his prime. Not doing it. Uh-huh. Why well, don't you like? Jim, why don't you like Sonic the Hedgehog? Because I decided I don't. Is this part of your backstory? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, you know the, the the story about the, hedgehog killed my mother. All right, <laughs> I, you know I spent seven hundred dollars on the video game at the pizza power, and I never won. 
<laughs> so I hate it. I hate hedgehogs. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, but if they if they they could actually write a good video game movie, which you know for a while there, I think most people were thinking were were not was just becoming literally impossible. Um, yeah, then then maybe they could do uh, a Die Hard ripoff. So. Uh, and I, I do say that affectionately. I do wonder, like, what? How did they pitch Die Hard when there wasn't a Die Hard to pitch it to compare it to? My understanding like, is it wasn't the easiest movie to get made. No, I mean, I'm just seeing Die Hard on a boat. Speed was Die Hard on a bus. I'd love to see the pitch meeting this, on this that. Is, this is <laughs> Die Hard. I'm, Santa Claus. I'm oh, there has I'm to be die, one. Yeah, but yeah. Die Hard. I'm confused. Die Hard. Die Hard? I'm confused where a Die Hard reference came out of nowhere. Where did this come from, Mike? You Mike thinks movie. this is Die Hard, and that's yeah, not, film. so he's confused. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Running around the building with the, so, right, the walkie-talkie talking to the terrorists. Oh, that's just not... Eh, trying to yeah. Um, so, A safe so, to crack. So, uh, John Leguizamo, uh, yeah, when he appeared, I was like, oh, he's in it, too. I had no idea. So that was interesting. And um, he gets brutal fast. Oh my god! <laughs> I did not realize how much I liked John Leguizamo until this year. He was in two movies uh, in the last month that I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's also helpful that if you don't like him, and I do, but if you don't like him, he's playing assholes in both films. So, <laughs> yeah, he he usually plays a villainous character. Even his small role in John Wick was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of John Wick, it, the trailer, <laughs> a trailer before th- this film was John Wick Four. Oh, it was awesome. It was like that gonna, that's, a, that's a that's a podcast right there. Yeah, so, uh, really? Bill for watching trailers. It, it, it's Keanu Reeves. Well, I, I yeah, I, I just bought. I didn't care. I said I'm just going to sit and watch all the trailers. I didn't care. I didn't. I didn't leave like I usually do. But but yeah yeah uh, Keanu Reeves dude he's awesome he's like the know. new Tom Cruise he's the best no. he's close <laughs> <laughs> it's still Tom Cruise yeah well right no one can compare to Tom, Tom Cruise Tom but... Cruise does his own stunts that nobody has ever seen before Keanu True. Reeves knows how to shoot guts yeah but, but and charisma he's knows how to take any point knows how charisma. To... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's like a dude. John Wick is awesome. Whoa. You live, you live in hyperbole, don't you? Whoa! <laughs> you don't think Keanu Reeves has, has charisma, dude? dude? Not compared to Tom Cruise, and I don't like Tom Cruise. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe right. That... That's that's how you know Tom Cruise has charisma. Many people do not like Tom Cruise in real life, but do see and watch his movies anyway. Movie. Yeah. Right. Well, well, all right. How about this? Everybody Keanu, seems to love Keanu Reeves in real life. Keanu Reeves NBA is the poor man's Tom Cruise. I don't even know if I go that far. He's his own animal. Yeah. Either way, either way, that, that has nothing to do with this movie. Um, <laughs> except that it was the trailer. That one was all you, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what other general things uh, should we talk about? Uh, non spoilery about this film here. Um, did you know, did you anybody know where this took took place? I had no idea where this took place. It doesn't really big play, really big mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they have a, a pre-credit scene that takes place in Bristol, UK, or Bristol, England, and then after that, I'm assuming this is in the states. 
Um, and it has to be a northern northerner state because of the snow. So, but I was just curious. It was just, it was just curiosity. That's all. No idea. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, here it is. Greenwich, Connecticut. There you go. And it makes sense because they're all rich bastards down there. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yep. Yep. It's true. Um, yeah, so that's not too far. It's about two hours from both me and Mike, maybe. Less, maybe. Right? It was like, curious because we hardly ever, being in the Northeast and only a couple hours from there, get a lot of snow for Christmas, and there was a lot of snow in this film. So I was thinking it might have been, like, I don't know, Minnesota. Or... Snow? Um, no, no, depends. no, obviously. Every, every other movie, Christmas. So the movie makers gave you fake yeah. snow, but I'm talking, like, as an actual within the universe that's that's set because but of course i say this now as we're like supposed to be getting like five inches of snow just a week yes. before. well and i was yeah. gonna say minnesota is more cold than it is lots of snow sometimes they get a lot of snow but well i uh, lived in minnesota for three years i can tell you that it's much 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 colder right uh, i lived there the for 18 the years is, there's, there's not more of it but it stays it doesn't like melt yeah. away come back and melt away and come back like it does here yeah once it comes down it's there to stay it's there until March or April. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah, you know, this is this is legitimate weather for Connecticut. Legit, Mike. Legit. Where'd you uh, live in Minnesota, Eric? Now I'm curious. Uh Minneapolis. All right. So um let's see. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh related to the film or cast or anything like that? Uh that's non spoiler. I will say that um, this isn't a reflection of the actors because they all did a good job. Um, but I I detested this family and was kind of bummed that more of them didn't bite it. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were yeah. not a very nice family. Yeah, we, yeah, we can they, talk about because there's a, there's, a, there's a moment in the film later where it comes down to the question of who to shoot first. So we we can make a game out of that as to which one <laughs> which one you would shoot first. I think my choice should be obvious, um, but we'll find the out. The little girl, the little girl. Yeah, that would be my choice. I would shoot the girl. She was sweet. She was adorable. She was nice. Yeah, there were there were two kids. Yeah, so you're always kids. you're always a proponent for the killing of children on this show. Well, there was that, but there was another child that was a better child. Yeah, he's oh, just a little okay, older. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they, he was the the mother too. She she was she was the tool. Yeah, they were all um, tools. Yeah, pretty much everybody. In the, uh, every every everybody in the family was a tool except for the little girl, pretty much. Oh, and her mom was okay. Her mom was okay. Yeah, her mom. Her mom was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her mom was. All right. Her dad was all right too. But uh, <laughs> I'll just say that that uh, the father it was all right because of uh, what what he did to a certain person. It makes okay. That's good. It's deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, all right. So uh, anything else anybody want to bring up before we get into spoilers? All right. I guess we can throw up the spoiler. So at this point in the podcast, we throw up the spoiler. And what that means is we'll talk about everything and anything. Um, so, yeah, uh, we can do that. So let's do it. So the spoiler alert is up. Who wants to start? Um, I guess we can just in the setup, the pre-credit scene, basically a um, couple of Santa Clauses in a bar in the middle of the UK, and we find out that 
one of the Santa Clauses is actually Santa Claus. So right in, at, the, at least the movie sets it up that we know that Santa Claus exists for this film. So it, it's not just going to be a thriller film, right? It's going to be magical realism in it too. So mm-hmm. I like that because if they suddenly just brought Santa in the middle of the film and he, he's real, I would have been kind of upset. Well, I think. So, and not only is he real, but he's alcoholic and, and yeah. it's his job. <laughs> Um, yeah. I was well, is he alcoholic or was he just drinking? I don't think he was an alcoholic. I'm pretty sure he's an alcoholic. Um, uh, it, yeah, he was going from drink after you know, like he was he was yeah going straight for the booze, whatever house he was in, right? So yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you're alcoholic. It just means it's one uh, night if you you're booze. already drunk, it kind of does. And you're on the job and you're driving. <laughs> yes, there's the point. On the job drink, and driving, drink and flying. You know, uh, anyway. one day a year. I think he could hold off. And later uh, on, you learn that his wife has left him. So, you know. <laughs> I wasn't oh, sure about that, boy. but yeah. The way, the way he talks about it is like he hasn't seen Sounds her like in a long be. time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was listening last night to um, our friends over at Horror, etc. I don't know if anybody else is listening to their, their podcast anymore because it's Patreon only at this point. Um, but they were comparing and contrasting this movie with Batman. Um, and it was kind of interesting because they both give the same, this same depiction of a Santa that's just completely disillusioned and really is at the end of his rope and hates his job at this point. Um, I was confused. What? You said Batman. I thought you said Batman. I was. Confused. I did too. That's why I was confused oh. as well. <laughs> oh, I, I heard Eric. I heard you were Eric, correct. Eric. Okay. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm I, Eric up on this I get it now. <laughs> oh, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you didn't. I just, I say I'm laying it both on my ears. No question. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> anyway, Eric. I forgot what my point was. Batman. Batman. Uh, they were comparing and contrasting. Yes. So I, I think the depiction of a Santa that's completely disillusioned and hates his job um, is fair because after doing that for however long, uh, I'd, I'd probably be done with it too. Well, and it's specifically in both cases, it's because of people are stinkers. It's They're not because greedy. they dislike the job necessarily. It's because yeah, it's because people all become, become right. It's it's a it's a kids today thing, right? Because all anybody wants is money and video games. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the spirit of Christmas is long gone. And to be honest, money and video games sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like happy with that's, that's right. That sounds good. With a compass in the stock. Hey, I just heard a, a story on NPR where they were talking about gift giving and that money is the best option. Wow. <laughs> All of their gifts lose value. They did studies. <laughs> they lose 10 to 30% of their value because you don't get the person what they really want. <laughs> and the gift giver only gets this five second moment of happiness from seeing how the gift receiver acts. So really just <laughs> keep giving is dumb and nobody should do it. Exactly. The <laughs> point I got out of it. They have yeah, not seen this for years. The value of money over the last year. My, my yeah, attitude last 20 years right. has been, don't get me anything because I ain't getting you nothing. Spot <laughs> on, Eric. Spot on. Immediately take that cash and invest it in land and, and homes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise, it'll, at least that won't go down like inflation does to money. Well, unless uh, do it, do it, 2008 happens again. 
Now, um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, so that's how it, how we we uh, get the um, the beginning. Um, so it was pretty pretty cool um, because he knows you know people's names and has a gift for so, some woman's grandson or something. And so so it's like, oh, all right, where well, this is real Santa. This, this is gonna be a real Santa movie. So there you go. Um, now, uh, all right. So, what do we want to do? Well, we want to talk about it. What do we want to do? One of my favorite aspects of this particular movie was the Christmas magic. Because <laughs> at several points in the movie, Santa gets helped out by Christmas magic. Um, <laughs> but he he keeps on saying he doesn't understand how it works, and I think that was pretty awesome. Um, that even Santa doesn't understand how the Christmas magic works. <laughs> like, how does he press on the side of his nose and get sucked magically up the chimney? He doesn't know. It just happens. Uh, and I oh. thought that was pretty cool. And I like the fact, though, that at the beginning of the film, um, I'm trying to remember, was it a... I remember it was the mom or the dad who, like, does the parents thing, the hand wave away the child's question with Christmas magic, mm-hmm. and which is clearly parent like bullshitting its way through and so the idea that they've canonized Chris's magic as the bullshit get out of jail free card um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciated that yeah yeah it was pretty good um, and, and as I mentioned I, I like the backstory of Santa too when, when uh, we see his flashback scenes um but I also like that they didn't over-explain it, right? They just yeah, uh, right, Santa exactly. was at, was like Mel Gibson in the other movie, a bad man. Um, I mean, and, I kind of like to know what occurred to make him Santa. Well, that's it. But he, but they leave how he becomes Santa for speculation, yeah. which yeah, you know, yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a a uh, violent night too. Violent there, night. There's, I I heard there may be actually. They're already thinking about it. Yeah. Violent or night. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, So I I concur, Mike. Um, I'm glad that it was fairly vague and they didn't go into further detail. We just get the idea that, yep, he's a uh, Norwegian Viking type guy and um, he did bad things like Norwegian Viking people do. Right, so how he became Santa isn't relevant to the story. Not that it's not an interesting story to explore, but it is important to understand why Santa kicks ass. Right? Why Santa later mm-hmm. on in the film will will stick a grenade in some guy's mouth and walk away and then just stop and say, I gotta watch this set turn around. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that is not the Santa the majority of us probably grew up with. Um so, yeah, so so it does give a backstory to explain this particular Santa in general and why he's a little different from all the other Santas that we think we've seen in other films. Um, and, you know, and why he's, you know, he's got he's not got Skull Crusher the hammer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it but it, but it was work. And like I said, they can explore that later. They can give us the, the, the Santa of the origin. Yeah, yeah, they could. Uh, yeah, because this is really more. Please, please don't take your kids to see this because they're going to be terrified of Santa. Make sure they're at least ten. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Right. Well, I think they would be more scared of. of Don't be like the eight-year-old that was in the Smile. Bad guys. Oh my god! When you told me that, <laughs> that, 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 that was that, that's nuts. Um. So basically, we 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 get set up um of the Greenwich, Connecticut. It's really one of the wealthiest towns in the in the country, USA. Um, mansion. Uh, and it's like a family get together for Christmas or Christmas Eve. Um, and, um, it's a typical stereotype of a wealthy family where they're either, uh, dysfunctional or they are just plain dirtbags. And, um, there, of course, is the in-laws that come into the family, too. Um, and in this case, the lead family is a woman, a guy, and his daughter. And they're kind of split or separated. Um, I was unclear as to, as to their marital status, whether they were fully divorced or just on the way to it. Yeah, yeah I'm, they I'm didn't assuming, really clear that up, I don't think, throughout the movie. Yeah, I'm assuming it's it's separated and... The rest of the family doesn't know. That's that's what I got out of it because right. she did show up. I, I wouldn't think she would have showed up if they were divorced. But and it feels recent. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So and, and again, I would argue in a lot of ways that it doesn't really matter. The main thing is that they are, for whatever reason, estranged from each other. Um, yep. I, I was a little concerned because I th- I think at the beginning of the film they do a decent job of setting up the the husband as being. Um, empathetic or likable, or at least to me. Yep. And but then yeah, that sure. means when you when you have a character you like in a relationship where there's animosity with the other member of the relationship, you, there's an immediate tendency to dislike that. And there was nothing that the wife had said or done to make her unlikable, but I was just concerned that they were going. That's how she might be perceived. But uh, I think she came out pretty well in this too. I agree. They yeah. make them both look pretty good. And even with what he does later on, I still don't blame him for that. So I, I can understand him being part of that family and wanting to do something like that. Bad choice. His family obviously makes lots of bad choices and good choices, too, at least where it's money's concerned. <laughs> well, because when he when his mistake is pointed out to him, he's like, oh, yeah, OK, that was dumb. that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I, I had actually thought they were going a different way with him. I was afraid he, they were that they was going they were going to turn him into the inside man. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, for me second. too. I I was really worried about that and hoping they didn't do that, and they didn't. So I was very happy. Oh, they did. And basically, once once he gave mom the card, I knew that it wasn't him. Well, yeah, one so thing to know is they run like a uh, one of those contract military contracting companies, um, and so that's kind of important. They have ap- they have all this access to money and arms. Well, and the money in question was given to them by the government and right. meant to be used in uh, selling affairs overseas, uh, and then oops, it disappeared in a mysterious attack somewhere. No, it didn't. It's right, in now, the vault. <laughs> my, 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 my sense of it is that this is not their money. I mean, obviously, it's the, it was the government's money that they stole. My, my, but that's the government doesn't just go to 
you know, the middle class family living on on Maple Street and say, hey, here's three hundred thousand dollars or three hundred million dollars. We want you to distribute to uh, international uh, Middle Eastern terrorist organizations or whatever the hell it was that they were supposed to give the money to. Um, so clearly they had to be an important family to begin with, mm-hmm. but they just somehow managed to embezzle the funds and they couldn't stick it in a bank, you know, which of course, because, you know, we're not living in the, the 1920s where rich people stuff money under their mattresses. Uh, so I, and so this is where I liked it. I thought it was a smart script and that they gave you explanations as for like, why was it, why, why would they keep all that money there when normally people would right. right. Uh, right, and but but it also it also but it also makes makes uh, us know that the the matriarch of the family, basically the the owner of the company, is is a is a is a crook too. You know, not just a, a terrible person. Uh, well, I know because I thought she was just a terrible person, you know. And you know, but I, then was, oh, she's a crook. Too. I have to say, she has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. I begged you to beat him when he was younger. <laughs> that was fun. Well, listen, even a broken clock is right twice a day, uh, you know, and it's always a good recommendation uh, to instill some sense of uh, fear uh, and terror in your child. So, uh, yeah, that, that would have been. And just, just don't hope that they have good manners. So yeah, she, she was right. You can't argue. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, that kid was a stinker. I don't know about it. Oh my god, he, was, uh, he sucked. Oh yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, again, though, it, it may be partly because of his own mother, rather than anything else, because um, she was terrible. They're all birds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll kind of defend the. The actor, mostly, not that he's not really terrible, but he's at least just an idiot. <laughs> maybe, and and him, I can maybe get that. That's that's he's maybe he can't be a better person than what he is. Oh, oh, well, yeah, he, yeah, he, he was, was he was, he was in an environment where he never had to do anything or earn anything, so he's just walking around posting on social media all day long. Right, right. None of the family dies, right? I mean, none of the direct uh, blood die. One of the one of them dies. Right. Yeah. The the well, it was the boyfriend, right? It was. Yeah, <laughs> he's not blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was he's he not a husband? I didn't realize no. that. I thought he was a husband. Just a boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, just a boyfriend. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised. I was surprised that they didn't they didn't kill off more of the family. You're right. I was thinking they would, but they only killed off the the uh, the schmuck. Kind of real though, right? The rich people live and the people die. All the people serving them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the yeah. thing: yeah. when when you get right down to it, if you're if you are trying to make a warm-hearted Christmas film, and for all of its blood and violence and its dark sense of humor, there is sort of a warm heart beneath this. The only member of the family I think they could have gotten away with killing off would have been the mother. You and mean then the matriarch. Yeah. And oh, then that was Beverly D'Angelo's character. Right, but even okay, then, that, that starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then that starts to offer up questions of, you know, well then who's going, who is going to inherit the money? Do you give it to the, the the happy family that doesn't want it, or do you give it to the spoiled daughter that, you know, that's been you know drooling over it the entire time? Um, you don't necessarily want to because that orphans the the terrible boy. You you certainly aren't going to kill off the terrible boy because he's not a baby and there's no tank around. Um, there are limits as to what they can do, so they killed off the one person they could, and without creating more issues. 
So it makes sense. If this was an independent film, they may have been able to do it, but I don't think Hollywood's ever going to let them kill off the actual family. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so that's the setup of the film is basically uh, Christmas Eve, this horrible family meets up for the mother's or the matriarch's uh, party, played by Beverly D'Angelo. Um, they have, um, as we, we mentioned, uh, we find out later in the film there's $300 million hidden in a vault in the basement because, again, it was stolen quote-unquote, lost money in Iraq or Afghanistan or something there. And um, there are a bunch of people that know about the money there, and they want to steal it. Uh, why they choose Christmas Eve, I'm not sure, but they... they because they're they really bad. Well, I think the money yeah. was going to be getting moved, so they chose the day that it was getting moved, supposedly. Gotcha. Well, Which I think is, uh, you could argue it gives them an opportunity to infiltrate the home as the uh, the, the Christmas uh, caterers or whatever the yeah, hell they are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, right, right. Christmas night is probably not a night where a lot of people are like on duty, so help would probably be slow in coming. <laughs> Said duty. Um, and then, and then uh, they do establish that uh, John Luguzayamo character hates Christmas because um, right, yeah. uh, his father oh. got. Broke his duck By the way, that's, and, no, no, that's no, no, the no. line. That's the line, guys. Christmas dies tonight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's hilarious. Christmas dies tonight. Oh my god. And by the <laughs> way, I like that too because not only do we know that it's really Santa Claus, they don't go the entire film with the bad guys not knowing that Santa Claus is in fact Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. That at some point they realize it's Santa Claus and they and and most of them still don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I also liked how the stupider people or just in general, the, uh, a portion of the people start believing before the rest of the people. So one of the bad people b- believes it and then another one believes it. And finally, it goes all the way to the top where Lake Wazama goes, holy shit, you are Santa Claus. So I like that, too. So when they do find out, it's slow. You know, it's like a haunted house movie where most people won't believe, and then slowly people start believing. So I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Christmas dies tonight. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud when he said that. I, it made me so happy. <laughs> That is awesome. I didn't catch that. That's too funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, and and they don't they play it every even though this comedy and some of the characters are, are morons, including some of the, the bad guys. Um, Lake Wazamo, uh, he plays it straight the entire film. Not once does does he ham it up as a uh, you know knowing that this is supposed to be a comedy. So mm-hmm. I like that. Two people, the girl and the guy, um, they make them kind of like the Home Alone bad guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and I was, I was very funny. glad that they they name drop Home Alone. Uh, yeah. Because otherwise yeah. that would have been the a animal. <laughs> yes. Well, and yeah, yeah. The, 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 the aftershave gag. And, uh, yeah, right. Well, and, and, and then she says, 
I'll go upstairs in the attic and do the Home Alone thing. And, and home Alone. I don't know what you mean, but yeah, do, do, go ahead, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And man, some of those traps you made were pretty effective. Yeah, like, is that the kill of the year, Mike? The one where the ball falls down and hits the nail oh, into no, his no, head? No, no, that that was done much. <laughs> no, he's talking right. about the chimney. Oh yeah, the and, chimney. That's right. Yeah. 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 There, which, by the way, was also uh, there were several, but this was what that was a uh, that was Chekhov's chimney. Yeah. Although I gotta say, um, even for a woman, getting hit in the crotch with a bowling ball can't be pleasant. <laughs> right? No. Right. No. 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 I saw that. I was just like, oh no. <gasps> and and this the funny thing about this film too is that yeah, it's like you said, Mike. It's like. Or, or someone said that it's like the Home Alone morons. I think it was you, Merritt, said that. And and those and then the, you know the horror. I mean, or the, or the the wounds to it is similar to like Bugs Bunny or Roadrunner type or Three Stooges type stuff. But it's with blood and 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 death. So they go one step further uh, and, and do the the Roadrunner and. Um, um, Three Stooges type of you know laughable moments, but they're actually real in this film. Oh, that nail through the jaw! I will recommend. That was horrible. I I will recommend because we when our Christmas movie from like four or five years ago was Better Watch Out, which is probably still on Netflix, Mm. and that was very much Home Alone as a horror film, um, where it was like Home Alone except the traps actually hurt people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was. There was the. I don't remember. It was an anvil or a a, a paint can. What was that? It was a paint can. That was. It was the paint can in the face. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is a better film, but I. But I think we still enjoyed that one. Uh, yeah. So that's another one to watch if you're in the mood for something like this. Um. I think actually, except it's almost the entire film. Uh, as opposed to just a short segment. And by the way, I'm glad it was only that one little bit. She got her moment to shine. Um, part of me wonders like, if that was originally planned because it feels so disconnected from the rest of the film. Um, right. well, ask- well, that's that's when she and Santa finally meet, right? Because he saves her at the end. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Where uh, Sometimes, like one of the reasons I like watching movies in theaters is that it's easier for me to pay attention. But when I'm watching a movie, knowing that we're going to review it, sometimes I will get lost in my thoughts while watching the film and I can miss something. Hmm. And so when did she go in the attic? I don't remember. It's like I don't remember her leaving. I remember she runs. Yeah, she runs away. Yeah, she runs out of the room, uh, the the big uh, uh, den where they were going to have the party. And and she walkie talkies. Santa, um, I forget where she walkie talkies him, but she says, "Oh, she, yeah, she runs into where that she sees that entrance to the attic, and she's and that's when she says, "I'll go to the attic." So they don't actually show her go up; they just okay. show the entrance. Yeah, I just missed it, and and it just felt weird. Like suddenly she's in the attic. When the hell did that happen? And it felt like I missed. <laughs> and I felt like I missed something. And I didn't know if there was a, it was if it was shitty writing or it was my lack of attention. And clearly, then it was my lack of attention. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Um yeah, so so Santa shows up uh to do his his uh gift drop offs and 
he shows up at the same time as the robbers do, basically. And so that's how we get Santa. And after the robbers kill off all the security guards and the staff, um, there's no one left to save them except for Santa because we find out that um, even though she she claims she has a SWAT team of uh, independent mercenaries to come in to save them, um, Leguizama isn't too concerned. Um, and we find out later it's because they're, they're part of the inside job. Right. Well, and I mentioned this smart writing. And I remember, I'm going to go back to Die Hard and enjoying Die Hard as being a smartly written film when I first saw it in the theaters. Now, I was old enough at that point. I think it was, I was 17 or 18 because uh, I saw it in August of 1988, which is when my birthday is. Um, and so I'm paying more attention to these aspects of movies as opposed to just like it. But a lot of it, like, so we know that Alan Rickman knows that, that uh, Bruce Willis has no shoes, so they had to shoot out the glass so he gets bloody feet. And little things like that that make you respect the intelligence of the script and the, the villain. And so here we start, John Luguziamo knows everything, absolutely everything, including the dick size of the Kill Squad. And... And the question is like, well, how did he learn all of this? Right? How did he know all of these things? And they do end up explaining it because they're part of the inside job. Uh, and so I appreciated that. Um, I appreciate I, I also loved, ironically, my favorite line in the film came from uh, the, 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 one of the worst characters, which, is the, uh, which was the son, um, boy, the teenager, annoying teenager, where he where they're going to start executing the family. And he tells them, well, one of us knows where the money is. If you kill us, you'll never find out. And he's like, yeah. Ah. And I <laughs> thought, there you go. There's a, there's a good example. That's the kind of plot point that often they'll make fun of on things like, um, uh, pitch meeting or, um, everything wrong with and things like that. And mm-hmm. here it was, it's like, so your plan was to murder the people that knew where the money was. And so they had the kid pointed out, which tells you that they were at least smart enough to know that that was going to be a criticism. Mm-hmm. And then John Luciano figures out, oh, wait a minute. It would ne- you would never tell the people who aren't blood family, so we can kill them. By the way, that actor plays uh, one of the Hardy Boys on the Hardy Boys show. Just uh, as a note. Kid? Yeah, the kid plays okay. one of the Hardy Boys. I did not know there was a Hardy Boys show. He seems smarter on that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Much different character. He's totally, <laughs> totally different from the character in this, which made it funnier for me because he's really smart in the Hardy Boys, but in this, he's yeah, not cool. <laughs> that means he's actually an actor. Good job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Who was that? I thought somebody was just trying to talk. I said oh. acting. That was a. That was a. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, what's oh, the, John Lovett's quote from Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will, I will say, the scene when Santa finds the sledgehammer in the barn made, made me so happy. As soon as he saw that hammer, I was just like, yes! <laughs> and and what did we call that hammer? Yeah. We called it. Chekhov's hammer. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. The, the Chekhov's hammer was in the flashback. No, well, it's right. the established, established a hammer in the flashback. That he was an awesome guy with a hammer, 
and then yeah. they had him find a hammer. That's right. So yep. I'm saying that's a Chekhov's hammer. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. So um, even though he's Santa, uh, he was a a Viking warrior uh, 900 years ago or something like that. And 1100 years ago. Yeah, 1100 years ago, and he was a, a hammer guy, not a sword guy or a mace. Hammer guy. time. That's right. That's right. So he was a Thor. He was like a Thor. And uh, yeah, he's he's pretty awesome with the, with the hammer. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of of frailty, Eric. Uh, I don't know the about that. They, because like... it, well, they show it in the corner in a barn. Yeah, and, it, it is, yeah. It's got a little spotlight on it, I suppose. Yeah, you exactly, know? exactly. So I th- I thought that after, when I was watching it. Yep. Um, I'm sure it wasn't intentional, and you didn't really get it that big. big no, well, I I thought you meant the whole thing. Uh, that isolated oh. moment, yes. The rest of the yeah, scene, yeah. no. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, the rest of the scene is, is more John Wick. <laughs> no, John Wick uses guns. That is true. No, that is true. John Wick uses whatever is on hand. It could be a pencil, it could be a... Oh, book, okay, you know, fair point. It fair could point. be the back right, end of right. a pencil. Anyway, we've talked about nothing right. John Wick for all time. All right, it's, it's not it's, possible. It, that's true, it's not possible. Uh, it's, it's, it was like old boy. I don't remember, remember anybody's sister no old the, the, the boy scene, the hammer scene in old boy yeah yeah exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> that was awesome the, the original not the remake the, the original that was awesome mm-hmm. old boy with the hammer exactly hammer time <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> um so yeah so he kills all the all the um the uh, mercenaries basically which is pretty awesome yeah Santa's not fucking around anymore at that point. Right. And, and, and I, I, loved, I like the fact that Santa was a reluctant hero, and really the only reason he steps in and saves the day is because his reindeer left him there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Had, right. He, had he been able to go with his initial instinct, he would have been gone. <laughs> now, in, in Santa's defense, um, they justify him being a ruthless asshole, and I don't just mean because of his history, because these uh, thieves uh, come in and murder everybody, right? Including, like, the guy at the beginning, who is the, uh, I don't remember what his name is, I know he had one, but the guy, the, just the guy at the gate, the gatekeeper, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was waiting for his key master, but, um, and, and maybe it's the actor, maybe it's the way they wrote a director, but I actually liked the character very quickly, you know, where he said, I wish I could have uh, Christmas Eve off, but apparently I uh, was was naughty this year. I was right. just talking to a little girl. And I thought, I, and maybe, it's, like I said, it could be the dialogue, it could be the way he delivered it. Um, but I thought that was very endearing. And then they kill him off immediately with a bullet to the brain. And I, I kind of felt horrible. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that people were going to get killed in this. And, you know, that. But yeah, so yeah, he was, so I he was the so first one to die. Like, yeah, that yeah, really sets the tone of the movie once you get to that point because you're not expecting that guy to get killed and he just gets whacked hard. Yeah, yeah, his brains are splattered all over the. And he's like the, the nicest non-involved person in the movie. 
Yeah. Right. And, yeah. he, and it gives, uh, he might be the nicest person in the film, and that includes Santa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But that gives Santa permission to just go medieval. Because it's not just them. They kill all the other workers who are, who are in no way responsible for the shit bags that employ them. Right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other people that was, they're just, you know, uh, work, working stiffs like the rest and of them. And that one dude was just psychotic. <laughs> the one who was dressed like an elf. Krampus. What was, what was his nickname? Was it Krampus? Krampus. Okay. That was Krampus. Yeah, that dude I was, was like, okay, he, he's Krampus. So either him being Krampus was either ironic, you know, he was like the bald guy named Curly, or he was going to be the most fucked up dude in the place. And the answer was he was the most fucked up dude there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, speaking of one of the things I really appreciate about this, um, I've mentioned in the past the uh, Writer's Blockbuster podcast, which has been going on for a while now. Um, and I listened to it. Uh, frequently uh, and they just got their own feed so if you're interested in subscribing just to them you can do that but they often talk about um, working a premise uh, sometimes called fun and games or whiteboarding but it's okay so you, you, you've got Santa fighting terrorists Santa fighting criminals whatever it is well, just brainstorm the shit out of everything you could do with that mm-hmm. you know so it's not just Santa killing people with a, with a, with an Uzi, right? It was getting as creative and Christmassy with the kills as you could kill somebody with an icicle, kill somebody with a Christmas ornament, kill somebody with Christmas lights, kill somebody with, with a chimney, you know, he just keeps going on and on. And they, and they hit so many of these things. Um, other than the fact that it never went to the North pole, didn't have elves, um, and didn't have a, an actual, an actual Krampus. They really made the, the use of the setting and the premise. And I really appreciated that. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of it in here. Um, let's see. So I just want to mention that. And, uh, everybody's gone now. <laughs> well, we're trying to, we're waiting for your point. For your, your full so my point was that they just really milked the premise of the film. That it, that yeah. sometimes we've seen films where they have an interesting idea, but they don't really do anything with it. Yeah, right, right. You know, so this wasn't just Santa killing them with a knife or a gun. You know, um, <laughs> the star in the head was nice. <laughs> the star, yeah, the star in the head. That that was another kill of the year candidate, and, and then plugged in <laughs> after right, he gets stabbed right. with it. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny. He doesn't even bother um, putting out the fire either. Yeah, right. Yeah. I thought that I thought I thought that was going to be a Chekhov's fire, but it wasn't. Yeah. And that's yeah, how we would have a walkie-talkie system in that home. And that's how he gets the walkie-talkie. Yes. Yeah, you would think they would have a sprinkler system, right? Well, and I did enjoy how um, the dad gives the little girl that walkie-talkie, uh, and it's complete bullshit, and he just just trying to get her to shut up. Um, and then well, later, I don't think Santa hears to her no. the other one and picks it up, and it actually ends up being true that she can communicate with Santa with it. That was, that was the yeah, I think I think it was more a sweetheart thing from the dude. Yeah. And it wasn't just to have her. Oh, it was because everybody forgot to bring her to see Santa at the the mall no, this year. He forgot to bring her to Santa at the mall. Well, sure to make a point that she really he, he felt daddy. Guilty. He felt guilty. He was trying to give her a way to talk to Santa that. 
that was used on him. So in a way, you're kind of right, Eric, because it was probably <laughs> wrong from that perspective. But he really was trying to help her. He was trying to make her feel better, but it was really to make himself feel better. Well, he was certainly assuaging his uh, guilt. No question about that. Right. Well, he felt plus guilty I think, to it. You know, though, that's uh, being, being a, a pop to a girl that's about the same age, it's, it's more to just make her happy. Yeah, obviously it's like, oh, fuck, I screwed up. But you're really doing it to make her happy, not to make to, to sway my own. I, I don't personal think you can the point I was sure. trying to make, which everybody seems to be overlooking is that he flat out lied to his child when he gave her that walkie talkie and told her she could communicate with Santa with it. Well, parents are always lying ended, to their children, but then she ended up being able to do it. That was my point. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, right, right. That's what parents right. do. Parents constantly lie to their children about pretty much everything except for the existence of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's I always go back to the time I was in Toys R Us on a two o'clock on a Friday and mom is going, all right, they're closing the store now. We got to go. Because oh, yeah, right. Toys R Us, you know, pay care. Yeah, no, we, we've done that. Where, where, kids are uh, like dogs where you go, I got food for you. No, I don't. Except kids are even dumber than that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, we've been at where we were going to uh, a Mexican restaurant or, or, or something. No, no, I. I a um, barbecue place, and my girls wanted to go to the Mexican restaurant, and my mother says, "Oh, we would, but they closed tonight," uh, and they believe it. You know, they go, "Oh, all right. yeah. <laughs> so it works." You have to, you know, otherwise they, you're going to go. Yeah, I want to go to Mexico. It's like, oh, that's what that's a good impression. So, Phil, yeah. I have to ask you. Um, I hear it every. I was curious about this. <laughs> I am terrible at dealing with the the ages of children, since you yeah. have two daughters of your own. Did. Cheek, how old did you think the uh, daughter was here? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, she doesn't have a baby voice like like my my kids, so I'm guessing she's maybe, uh, yeah, eleven, maybe, and maybe twelve. A little too old. Yeah, like, I I'm felt a little too old. Yeah, I don't. I need an interpreter if I'm dealing with a child under the age of seven. Um, yeah. Just, blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? That's fascinating. Um, <laughs> well, and she didn't know she didn't know about Santa Claus, which was another thing. But that's weird because, like, personally, my my parents revealed that to me a lot earlier than a lot of kids. So, like, I got in trouble once for like saying something about that around one of my friends. Uh, their mom gave my mom a call. Was like, tell your kid to shut the fuck up about Santa. <laughs> Well, 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 Santa does exist because I know some parents uh, listen to the podcast with their children, and we don't want to make that mistake. And anybody and who children. listens to this podcast with their children, good job, uh, deserves, deserves having them spoiled about Santa. Well, <laughs> yeah, there is some some profanity, so that's a fair point. <laughs> this is not a children's show. Right, right. That's that's probably true. Like yeah, you're talking yeah. about Eric. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that yeah. somebody on this podcast is getting coal in his stocking. All I'm saying is Mike is constantly talking about killing children, so you really shouldn't listen to this podcast with your kids. Just talk. Truth. And parents, I think, can identify. They have children. They know what they are. They understand the truth. They've <laughs> admitted it many times. Uh, anyway. Uh, um. So... Yeah, and it was cool that she was able to talk to Santa, and it was also cool that Santa 
talks to Leguizamo's character, and so Leguizamo's like, "All right, we we got a, a a groundhog or whatever he calls the the person that is out there." I think it was it was either a ground, I think it was a groundhog, but now I think it would be hysterical. Isn't it exactly. a gopher? Oh, yeah, a gopher. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, we have a gopher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I would think I would think he would be more concerned because um, if this is Greenwich, Connecticut, we're not talking complete rural. So all Santa had to this quote unquote gopher had to do was have a cell phone, right? But what do they do? They shut off. They did something to kill the Wi-Fi, but that didn't stop yeah. cell phones. So I don't know how they explain the, the no cell phones. They, they didn't. It was kind of weird. Well, they were so far out that they might have had their own little mini tower or something. They were rich. So that, that might be yeah. why. Yeah, because Luguziano says at the beginning that, you know, he's been driving for miles and hasn't seen anybody. And it's pointed out he's on a private estate. Yeah. Yeah, which is true for that that town. For sure, which, which which is why it's you know you're in Connecticut and not in Rhode Island because yeah. Rhode Island. Is but it's not a small town. I mean, a small town in population. It's it's a sixty four thousand. Wow, we should really dive into detail on this. Yeah. What is their yeah, GDP, yeah. Phil? Uh, it's sarcasm, actually, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know he's just he's just trying to get me, but I won't bother. Yeah, but it's very high, Mike. It's very high. <laughs> um, uh, and it was established in sixteen forty. I was actually trying but anyway, um, uh, oh, and the founding father of the town. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> well played. Uh, uh, and, the, and the present mayor, uh, or whatever. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So they didn't have cell phones really in this, but I would think they would be concerned if there was a gopher. More so because he could get escape and go into the town but you're right if, if they're far away just one well when when he first realizes it he just thinks it's one guy he doesn't know it's santa um and he's got this entire uh armed military force headed to the house so i can understand why i wasn't concerned well he figures they're gonna eventually find him and kill him right, right? Yeah, yeah but but if technically though couldn't he just go to the car and drove away and then they're screwed because you go to the cops, but I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's I'm th- overthinking stuff, right? I'm overthinking. Well, I'm assuming that the uh, kill squad may have been on the perimeter. That's true. Maybe because they, were, they were waiting for the signal. So right. that's true. In or out. Yeah, that's true. That'd be my- that's true. Yeah, that's true. They had a little speech there where we were saying stuff. So yeah, that's fair. Now yeah. I know that's but, complete bullshit that I'm using to justify this possible plot. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. It, it works for me. Uh, I did like how our boyfriend guy, when he, like, we were talking uh, the office uh, moment where he, he breaks through the, and he goes, parkour! And he <laughs> runs out. And he meets up with the mercenaries, the, the good guy mercenaries. And it was a great m- moment. And then you find out they're working for the bad guys, and that made it even a better moment. Yeah, because I was. And then I actually how... felt I actually felt bad for him because he 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 was being normal at that point, explaining what the situation was, how many guys are in there, and all that. And then they go, "All right, thank you," and then they, they kill him. I thought because he, he was, was an idiot. Yeah, he was. He, he was an idiot. He was a douchebag, but you know, 
um, kind of a harmless, well-meaning douchebag, I think, in some ways. Uh, he certainly wasn't like trying to screw over the people. He said, "Get me out." He didn't say, "Like get me out of here and fuck the people left behind." He was trying to get help for them. So, to whatever degree he might have had a redeeming moment, that would have been it. Um, and it's funny because I I was sitting there watching it, and like the the I got out of the film and the part four line stuck in my head. I'm like, <laughs> I know that reference to something. What the hell was I watching? Where they're shouting parkour? Is they're doing parkour? And my brain kept saying, "The Office." So it's like. No, you've never watched the fucking office. If you indeed have not seen it, Mike, go on YouTube and just search parkour the office. It's a cold well, open. I'm sure, like and, and I'm sure that's what it was. So it must have just been a meme, but I but man, that was that was really annoying me. So thank you for for, for relieving me. I know that will cause you great pain. <laughs> <laughs> parkour. It's pretty good. Um, so that's how we found out the mercenaries actually portray uh, the Beverly D'Angelo character and are actually working for Leguizama. And I'm glad they didn't use the mercenaries to then betray Leguizama either, because I was worried that was going to happen too. Then there was, was going to be two sets of bad guys, but in actuality, everybody worked for Leguizama. So that was pretty awesome. Right. Well, because you can also understand that these are the people working for Beverly. Why they would yeah. turn on her? She was a fucking bitch. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And this was and, a lot of money. <laughs> and it's a lot of money. But like maybe if she gave him a Christmas bonus or something, if she, you know, she wasn't such an asshole. Yeah. Um, maybe. Well, they and I like how on. they set that up immediately in the movie too. Like, the, like when they get there, she's on the phone with somebody, and she's cussing him out. Um, <laughs> like ends the phone call by saying something like "Merry Christmas, Senator." Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> it's like, all right, all this right. lady's this lady just doesn't take any from anyone. Just a reminder: the senators are your employees. Abuse them as you will. <laughs> <laughs> she took that to heart. She did. She, did. she sure did. Um. But yeah, I also liked how the head of the mercenaries wasn't uh, someone that wanted to be in charge himself. He was willing to follow Leguizamo's orders. Um, also, it was interesting too is that we never really find out who Leguizamo is, right? I mean, yeah. we know some of his backstory, but we don't know. Christmas. Yeah, that's well, all we know about him. I like but when those guys show up, though, too, the mercenaries, because it gives that Die Hard Two feel to it. Yes, because it was because it was in the snow. Well, no, just okay. the the snowmobiles and like right. in Die Hard too. Not just because there's snow. <laughs> no, but I'm saying they're in the snow with the snowmobiles, right? The whole thing, right? The 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 guys and the guns and the white suits and all the rest. Yeah. Um, the, the hand grenade that took way more than three seconds to go off. Yes. <laughs> oh. That's true. Much much longer. Well, well, yeah, that's true because even even after he lets go of the hand grenade, it still takes longer. Yeah. Well, and we had the icicle in the eye, even though it wasn't a real icicle. I don't think. I think it was a plastic one they had hung on there. <laughs> when, yeah, that's when true. the mother does that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, and and the nutcracker. Let's not forget the nutcracker. Oh, that's oh, a painful scene, God. man. Yeah. See, that's well, what that's I'm talking about when we talk about working the premise. You know, torturing somebody with a nutcracker. 
Um, well, that was the thing, Mike, that was was a minor problem with me because that was legit what he was doing with the Nutcracker and, and all that stuff because, he, you know, he, he's a scum, evil bastard. But he didn't do it enough. If these were real criminals and they're really looking for the money – uh, I mean, they did explain it away a little bit when when the, the bratty boy says, if you if you kill the wrong person, you'll you won't know who where the money is. But you think he still would have tortured more people, right? I, I think you, they they had a good point that they at that point got distracted by there being uh, somebody in a Santa Claus suit killing them off one by one, and that probably took priority. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I'm also surprised they didn't tie anybody up too. I thought they would have tied everybody up. Even, yeah, even I think though they he, had them outnumbered enough that it wasn't an issue. Right. Right. I do like the um the 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 boob sociopath guy. The guy they go. He's a sociopath. <laughs> They'll try anything, anything new. Um, and he was also a moron too, which is kind of funny. Was that the frosty guy? Yeah, the guy that uh, was dressed like an elf, or, and he was he was the guy that held the gun on all the people, and he was the one that says, "I'll squeeze them, I'll fill his nuts and crack." Them. No, that, that no, that that was Krampus. Oh, that was oh, Krampus. That was Krampus, not, Krampus not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy. I like that guy he, because he was funny and he was a true sociopath. A cluster B. <laughs> Perfect. And I, I, I mean, I like the um, the attic couple because they're the ones that first start to like realize that they may just well be fucking around with the real Santa Claus. That's <laughs> and, right. 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 And they, they just, they don't really know how to handle it. Um, right. and yet they do not ever do have them do, uh, it's not a heel turn. What is it in, in wrestling where the bad guy goes good? Right. Right. I don't um, know. It's called, face but, turn? but is it over to this is face turn. I, I don't know. They're, yeah. I'm not a wrestler, but, well, but we know turn. what you mean. Like, yeah, they don't. They don't was, become I, good guys. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and I was totally expecting that because they named Luigiamo characters Mr. Scrooge. I was expecting right. him to find the Christmas spirit at the end, and I'm kind of right, glad they right. didn't do it. Right, right. Yeah, he was bad all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it's kind of like um, uh, speaking of bad Santa. Um, um, uh, what, what's what's that actor's name that played the? The the one that was going after the hitman, Walter Goggins. Yeah, Goggins. He 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 had a backstory too that was kind of sad, and you feel sorry for him, but he he never turns good either. And so so th- this was this this kind of reminded me of of that where where no one turn no one turns good, which is mm-hmm. they, they're still this they stay scummy and die all at the very end. And I do so like that. Well, on the one hand, they show that he's. Not at fault for what happened, probably to the the old man next door. He then has to like toughen up and go, or maybe I did kill him. See, so you know, in front of his mercenaries, <laughs> so he doesn't come across to me. Yeah, yeah, maybe I did kill him. I remember well, and one, a murderer when I was twelve years old. One small detail I liked about this movie was his magic Santa's magic list. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed the fact that when when Mr. Scrooge picked it up towards the end. Uh, it listed all the bad shit he had done with his life. Um, right. And he just got to see it presented to him. And he Wonder was like, well, it's not a fake. <laughs> that is that is definitely um, 
DVD pause material, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to read what's on there. Well, like and he I reads saw, that and doesn't change his position, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, he doubles down because he says, yeah. oh, fuck it. Now I can end Christmas once and for all. Because Christmas what he doesn't dies tonight! He doesn't understand how Christmas magic works. <laughs> nobody else does either. It's a get out of Christmas free card. Um, but yeah, I, but that that was it. They leaned it. I did like how on the girls list it said invited weird kid to party. <laughs> that's awesome. Her good list. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little little uh, Easter egg humor there here and there. That was a, that was a good one right there. Yeah, if I did weird kid to party. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. It was awesome that Lake Wazama did not once play it as a comedy. He played it like it was a real film. I mean, you know, real in, in the sense that it was a drama or a, mm-hmm. a thriller, and not not just a. Uh, tongue-in-cheek type film because technically it is a tongue-in-cheek cheap tongue-in-cheek type film even though like i said they play it straight the entire film yeah a lot of the best uh uh, if if you're doing a slash movie and what i mean by that is like comedy slash whatever uh comedy horror comedy drama whatever it is um when you play the ones that aren't comedy seriously it tends to just make the movie better i um I'll point out an example that I like to use is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. If you remove Abbott and Costello from that film, it's actually a fairly straightforward universal monster film. That's true. Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney yeah. Jr. and Glenn Strange, they they play that their characters straight. Straight, absolutely. They, they, they don't do. participate in the humor. The humor is in Abbott and Costello being stuck in That's this right. in this situation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that, that it plays, I mean, Luguziamo can't not be funny. Um, and certainly, but he was never funny in a way that didn't feel true to his character that you couldn't see any normal person saying or doing well, any normal shithead villain who hates Christmas and is trying to steal $300 million or murdering innocent people. Um, you know, you could see anybody making the same jokes that he made. Um, sure. Yeah, it's interesting about Leguizamo because uh, we, we talk about it often. Um, he's originally a comedian who's now right. does a lot of dramatic type roles. Yeah, and he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Did he do stand up? I've never seen it. Yeah, 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 was yeah on, he was uh, on a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and he even had like HBO stand up special, I think, back in the day. And and then um, I know he did like a one person. Show. I don't know if it was how, how much it was stand up and how much it was like performance, but I remember seeing it on HBO way back in the day. Yeah, way back yeah. in the day. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I was too young to to watch it because it had profanities and stuff, but I do remember they were promoting it big time as a stand up comic. Whether it was more a mix, like you were trying to say, Mike, I don't know because I haven't seen it. But this was also the '80s when stand up comedy was huge, so it tried to make yeah. every stand up comedy. I remember when Phil was ten and watched Taxi Driver. So clearly, <laughs> I sure did. I think it was sure eleven. Did. 
10 years old. Yeah, I was I was uh, just a year older than my daughter, my oldest daughter. Jeez. That was the uh, best film ever. Best film ever. I was already nine. Was that? <laughs> Yeah, we're old. Mike. Yeah, my daughter, yeah, yeah, just turned nine. Yeah, just in, turned in case you haven't been keeping up with the theme of the show, Mike, we're old. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. My my daughter's are nine. She's going to be in double digits next year. That's just my dog just turned ten. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Taylor Swift just turned thirty-three. Nobody cares. I know. I just said that to <laughs> so you would say that. So you would say no one cares. Um. It's not as good as is the the um, the Buffalo Bill one. You got to say that, Eric. That's a good one. <laughs> what about, about Santa? The, no, no, the Buffalo Bill one about talking about Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, because. Uh, the the kiss kiss bang bang episode I just released you you say it uh, like three or four times in that Eric and 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 this I, it was just the funniest thing when I was re- uh, editing it it's the best oh I'm glad I'm with you oh my god it's great uh, <laughs> speaking of weird thing we've never done an episode on that film I'm not there it is strange weird. I think I it is. put it on a few polls but it never won yeah. Yeah, it has a one, yeah. All right, let's see. So uh, anything else about uh, Violent Night that we want to talk about? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the kill of the year, Mike. Yeah, so Santa's losing his fight, wrestling with uh, John Luguziamo. And uh, they're in the outside of a cabin that has gone, uh, gotten blown up and burnt down. And yet, the chimney still stands, as often happens if you live in a wooded area where they used to have more homes and yeah, foundations. Yeah, you see the the foundations are still there. The chimneys are often still standing. And uh, so, what does Santa do? He puts his finger beside his, his nose while he's wrestling with Luguziamo, and he goes up and drags Luguziamo with him, Mister Scrooge with him, uh, basically like stripping his head and limbs off the body and he's just standing there on top of the chimney with uh with the torso the torso <laughs> that was awesome you know and and that magic you know touching the nose and going up the chimney it doesn't work earlier in the film and i'm thinking after watching the film that it, and he keeps on saying i don't know how it is it's just magic it's christmas magic and i don't know how it works it was almost like it intentionally didn't work because the magic wanted him to to stay to fight the bad guys. Agreed. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. 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 It could have been that. It could have been that he was losing his Christmas spirit. Could have been that he was too drunk. Could have been been any of those things. Like he stops drinking because he gets there and has that bottle. (laughs) Yeah. It could be any of those things. There you go. It's true. True. Yeah. Yeah, That was, was, so yeah, yeah, that was a pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty awesome kill. It not, and, and it was actually it came quick too. It's like holy smokes! I thought I thought they were gonna drag it out even further, but they wiped them out quick. And there <laughs> it was very for, surprising. Yeah, <laughs> I believe the exact noise I made was oh. <laughs> now, yeah. I think that might be the exact same sound I made. Yeah, <laughs> I might have said holy shit though. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very unceremonious. It was awesome. <laughs> and they're, they're in the scene where Santa is there with his hammer uh, and looking at the bad guy and saying, you know, naughty, naughty, naughty. And I'm just thinking, man, he's just one word away and Eric would be in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was, it, it was weird that Leguizamo got ripped to shreds because if I remember the Tim Allen film, when he went up the chimney, anyone that was with him wouldn't get ripped to shreds. So uh, yeah, I don't Tim think Allen it was the same cinematic universe, Phil. Definitely yeah, not. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I was actually wondering part of that before we got Santa's backstory. I was kind of wondering, like, is this like the newest Santa that's replaced Tim Allen? Like, <laughs> they got some badass uh, hunter to come in, and he's just a murderer or, 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 or some weird ass backstory. He's stuck. Yeah, he's been doing it for eleven hundred years, though, so I don't think so. Yeah, but that's what I said. This was earlier in the film before they gave us his backstory. Before he said that he'd been with Mrs. Claus for about 1,100 years. Right, right. Yeah. I was Which I hoping we'd out. see who, who Mrs. Claus was, but uh, we just got the stuff from her. Yeah, yeah that, that's supposed to be part of the the second film they're saying. Ah. That, yeah, If uh, let me see if I can find the, that little blurb about it or article or whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen until 2025 anyway. Yeah, future it is. Uh, in November 2022, Harbor mentioned that there were discussions of Mrs. Claus appearing in a potential sequel during production of the first film. The actor expressed interest in seeing Charlie Theron in the role. In December of the same year, I think anybody would, would wish to see Sarah Charlene. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know what Harbor is trying to do. He's probably, you know, but uh, in December of the same year, <laughs> where Cola confirmed that there have been ongoing discussions between him and the writers with potential for Mrs. Claus, the North Pole, and the Elves factoring into the story. The filmmaker stated that the realization of a follow-up movie depends on the success of the first film. Later that month, producer Kelly McCormick confirmed that all creatives involved intend to make a sequel that with work on the project commencing in the next few weeks. All right. And the next few weeks was uh, just last week. This was this is this is from so there you go. How has Collider. it done? What was the well, Twenty million budget, I think, and they said it made forty nine million so far, something like that. So far, all right. Yeah. So doing way better than Black Adam. All right. Yeah, you're right. But it was also a lot cheaper than Black Adam. Yeah, no, he, uh, there was there was controversy over misrepresenting the returns on the night show. Oh, right, right, right. No, no, but I, I mean the budget. The budget. This film was only twenty million, and Black right. Adam was. Yeah, but you're, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, Black Adam was lucky to break even, supposedly. Probably does in the long run when you factor in all the other ancillary shit. I enjoyed it, so anyway. Yeah, yeah I was going to take my daughters to see that one, but we never got to it. Um, we're not talking about other movies, so I think we're done with this one. So I'd also, but I would also like to point out yeah, with the Christmas magic, how's it work? Nobody knows. Thematically, right? It starts out with Santa complaining, uh, kid, you know, don't want anyone wants his money, leaving money in kids' stockings. Uh, the husband trying to steal mom's money and being chastised that by the wife because, or ex-wife or whoever it was, to uh, 
because you know that's not what this is about you know that the money's ruining their relationship and how do they end up saving santa is they burn the money to bring him back right right yep. so again that's that is a putting a beautiful button on on one Chekhov's money the other Chekhov's hammer Chekhov's grenades Chekhov's skill squad um and well they didn't uh, burn all the money just 500,000 oh. yeah but still <laughs> it's, right, right. it's it's but, it's a, but they were planning to burn yeah, yeah, if they needed to. And and it was the guy that They're, stole the money too. He was willing to burn it. Yeah. Look, look, inflation is bad. They're now down to only two hundred ninety nine million five hundred thousand. That doesn't go as far as it used to. <laughs> there you go. Uh all right. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh that's been on your list and whether you're naughty or nice, uh that you know, hasn't been brought up yet. I'm good. All right. I think I think we're all good then. Uh, all right. So uh, before we get into uh, final thoughts and all the other minor house cleaning stuff, uh, I guess we can get into uh, what we've been watching or news or anything like that that people want to bring up um, that may interest folks who uh, listen to the podcast, specifically genre type stuff. Uh, I guess I'll start uh, playing uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 again, uh, still continuing uh, that um from uh last week it's a long game so you can you can do so much in the game uh and there's minor stuff uh that you can do as well on the side um and there's three main storylines to go through at the same time um it's arguably my second favorite video game in the last 10 years maybe after far cry 5 um yeah it's pretty awesome and i highly recommend uh, definitely check out Cyberpunk 277 if you haven't. Uh, it's about a year old now, so you probably can get it a little cheaper than the original, you know, 70 bucks or whatever it was a few weeks. I mean, a few, well, not a few, but 12 months ago. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, what's going on with you, Eric? What do you got? Um, I spent a little time on Netflix. Uh, I watched a Norwegian movie called Troll. That is the third Norwegian film I've watched this year, so that's a little unusual. I don't think I've seen that many in one year before. Someone um, said that was pretty good. Troll has a good-looking troll. Um, that's really the only reason to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it's pretty derivative. Um, <laughs> what you're saying? I see, I, what, I see what you did there. <laughs> I heard it's, a, I heard it's a, a foreign language film or something, or dubbed, right? It's dubbed. Uh, it's both. Yeah. It's, I watched it with subtitles. Um, but a lot of the people in the movie speak English. So when they're speaking English, there's no subtitles. Gotcha. What? Who are the people in the movie? Uh, there's nobody famous in this movie. Oh, no, no. It's a foreign film. It's so, so they're what? Norwegian. No. Yes. I just said it. They're all Swedes. They're sweet, God damn it. <laughs> um, and then, so that's, I mean, if you got Netflix, it's worth, it's, it's worth checking out. The the visual effects on the troll are actually pretty fantastic. I liked it a lot. Uh, the story, meh, whatever. You get to see a troll. Uh, <laughs> and then I watched something that's technically um, a documentary series, but it's also a bit of real-life horror. Um it's called Meltdown Three Mile Island. Um, 
I believe it's a four episode docuseries that Netflix did about Three Mile Island. And I knew from just hearing stuff growing up that the that it had been a nuclear power facility that had had an accident. Um, but I did not realize the extent to which the whole thing went. Um, and if you don't know details about the whole sequence of events, the level of conspiracy involved is the stuff of fiction. It's it's kind of something else. So uh, if you're into that kind of thing, I would recommend checking that out. Here we see how it stacks up with Chernobyl. I mean, it's not nearly as horrific as Chernobyl, because um, the the bad stuff happening at the nuclear facility didn't go as far. Um, and it's not a real it's it's not a real documentary, so it's similar to Chernobyl, where it's like actors playing characters. No, no, no. It's they're talking to real people. Okay, so 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 it is a real documentary then. It's not a yes a docu fictionization. Gotcha. I'm saying that. Were you to list out the sequence of events and guess whether it was fiction or not, you'd probably guess it was fiction. <laughs> gotcha. Because of the number of decisions that were made uh, that were not made from the best interest of the people that lived around the plant. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So that's that's what I've been watching. Uh-huh, very good. Uh. Let's see. Uh, let's go view Barrett. Um, yeah, I watched the other day um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and uh, it was a really good film. Uh, it's very confusing <laughs> to watch, <laughs> very hard to watch. You have to really pay attention to it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really fun movie. Um, and then I'm still playing Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is probably my favorite game of the last 10 years. Uh, it's really, really, really fun game. All right. Anything else? I got some good news for you, Barrett. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh-huh. Totally worth watching again. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking so, because <laughs> I'm sure I missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I was yeah. not expecting to see Jamie Lee Curtis in it either, which was interesting. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like short round. Yes. I just saw that art, an article about that yesterday. I was like, that was short round. Holy crap. I had no idea. I could tell by his voice. He still sounds the same. He does. When I just didn't connect it. Cause it's been so long. <laughs> well, there's that one if, moment. If he had said, he could... if he had said time to go, Dr. Jones, you would have known immediately. <laughs> yes, that is the truth. <laughs> And he gives a great mm-hmm. performance in that, and that might have my favorite action scene of the film in the fanny pack fight. Yeah, that is it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Barrett? Nope, that's it. All right. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I've been pulling a fill uh, and mostly been playing Far Cry 6 for the last couple of weeks. Um, I did. There's a movie I was stuck trying to remember what it was last week, and it, I, I did go to see it with my wife, which was, um, I was in Bones and All. Oh, is that any good? Uh, it's a movie. Um, it's a drama. It's a drama about a couple of crazy kids in love who happen to eat people because there's some weird, freaky mutant thing that aren't <laughs> vampires and aren't zombies, but they need to eat people or survive. Um, and it's based on a book. And the only problem I have with it is that it's very, like, it's well shot and the, 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 
per se, writing isn't bad. Um, the performances are fine, but it's a flat film, meaning sort of like um, if you went to a concert and all they played were their ballads, like, you know, you, you kind of like to, like, can you, can you give me some variation in pitch here? I need some. It's, it's a very monotone film. Um, and some people I know really, really liked it, and some people were bored by it. And I think this is going to be one of those, it's really going to depend on who you are. I think this is totally going to appeal to a certain subset of of uh, 12 to 16-year-old girls who like to wear black makeup. <laughs> um, for me, it was an okay film. Uh, but it, it could have used a little bit more spice in the sauce. Uh, but there are some really good performances in it. So it, I, I would say if you have any interest in it, watch the trailer. Just if you don't know anything about it to get an idea. And then decide um, whether to watch it. And then probably cable will be fine. Uh, cable streaming, something like that. It's not a rush right out to the theaters and catch it. Cool. Um, and I'm also saying this playing Far Cry 6. Now I, I knew nothing about Far Cry 6 going into it because it's Far Cry 6. I played 3, I played 4, I played 5. I kind of know what to expect from a Far Cry series. It's about Cuba. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, except you're, you're set in, in faux Cuba as opposed to yeah. faux Montana and faux uh, Indonesia and all the rest. Um, but there was a DLC I was not expecting. And I, I, there's been very, very few times in the 40-plus years I've been playing video games that a video game has genuinely surprised me. And so um, I reach a point in the game where you're off on a mission and you have to something is killed off people in a village and you have to hunt it down and you track it down to a bunker and you get one of those messages in the game that basically says, once you go into the bunker, you can't leave until the mission is complete. So I was like, okay, so this must be one of the DLC things. And you go inside and your character is immediately attacked by a monster. Predator. And my brain goes, oh my God, that monster is just so derivative of the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. (laughs) And then the screen cuts to black and more or less the Stranger Things title sequence pops up. And the whole <laughs> DLC is basically a licensed episode of Stranger Things, except unfortunately it doesn't actually have any of the characters in it, um, any of the actors. So because you, you, you're, you're going through a government, secret government facility, Russian government facility, you're going to the, uh, into the Upside Down, you're fighting off, uh, Demogorgons. Sweet. And I was like, and I was like, okay, I I was totally not expecting that, uh, and that was just a moment of uh, of unexpected joy in it. Not enough. If you're not into the series, I wouldn't say, oh, you have to play it for this. You know, it's a short take mission. It takes like an hour or so to complete. Uh, but it it was it was a it was a really pleasant surprise to see that. Uh, there was also a downloadable content. Uh, I, I don't know, it's a side mission somewhere with Danny Trejo playing Danny Trejo. Nice. Uh, that was also fun. And then there's another one where you're sent off on a that mission. Text. By, by, you're sent off on a mission by a guy who's like the praised to be like the world's biggest Rambo fan, uh, who's in the middle of a feud with another world's biggest Rambo fan. <laughs> um, and that's full of fun little moments if you happen to be a fan of that particular franchise. So it's a fun little game. Uh, and like I said, if you like the others in the series, I think you would certainly enjoy it too. It's the, the it feels like it's even bigger than the last couple of been. So, but I am nearing the end, and then I can start watching things again. 
It's a it's a huge huge game. Uh, and Giano Carlo Esposito plays the the villain. Yeah, yeah. the guy from Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad and the Mandalorian yeah. and you know the bad guy and everything for the last seven or eight years. That that's him. He plays the villain. Yep, exactly. Um, also, some news. Uh, DC, Mike, uh, with Superman and Wonder Woman, right? You heard about these things, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the DC universe is basically movie universe imploded uh, to really nobody's surprise because they have not been able to success, successfully consistently turn out movies people wanted to see or enjoyed. Um, and Black Adam, I think, is a good example of that. You know, here you have The Rock in a movie that they have literally been making since 2008. They've been trying to make this movie uh, and it did not do well at the box office. Whatever you happen to think of it as a viewer. Uh, it hands down was disappointing. Um, and I think they finally realized cause you had James Gunn's suicide squad last year. That was very, very well reviewed. I think it was a really, really good film and probably the, the best in that little mini universe. Um, that absolutely bombed. And yeah, part of it was COVID, but I think they realized that their the brand is, t- is tainted and they needed a fresh start. And so ironically, they hired James Gunn to, to restart it. And, yeah, they're basically scrapping anything that's not basically done, which is Shazam 2 and Aquaman 2 and, and The Flash, which is having problems because the, the star of it is uh, certifiably insane and probably going to jail for a very long time. Uh, yes. You know, but they're like they were canceling a lot of projects and I think they just realized. They so have that to probably means off. that probably means Flash won't come out now, right? No, it's going to come out. They've sunk way too much money in there to justify doing the tax write off thing, I think. Uh, but like basically you know they they and there's different stories as to why but basically patty jenkins wonder woman 3 was not going to fly uh they decided to go in a different direction with their next superman film which apparently gunn is writing personally and they said they're going to reveal their slate come january they said it's going to be another Uh, origin film which i could definitely do without (laughs) well they said it's going to be younger i don't know they said it was going to be an origin story yeah that's what i read too yeah Right, and so Wonder Woman too. That that may be Gail Gadot may be gone too. It's looking like, but yeah, I don't know. And, be, and to be honest, these these are all actors, not actors. These are all characters. As much as I liked a lot of the casting, these are all characters that existed long before these actors. They are all capable of being recast. Um, yep. And, Batman's been recast the, hundreds of times as Spider Man. Exactly. Too. Batman yeah. recast multiple. Spider Man they recast multiple times. Uh, Wonder Woman they recast a couple of times. Um, there's been TV versions, the movie versions, animated visions. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I generally like everybody except like Ezra Miller. <laughs> Most of the people playing these, these characters seem to be relatively decent people, or at least as decent as you get in Hollywood. Uh, so I don't wish them any ill, but I who's, also, or, who's the guy that plays the flash on the TV series? Grant I can never Gustin. remember. Grant Gustin. That's it. Okay. okay, and that's, that's the CW, right? Yeah, is that the CW. He is yeah. better. I agree here. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, the thing with Ezra Miller is so when they had the TV series Smallville, the lead actress in that was, was uh, Chloe Mack and uh, Allison Mack, rather, and she played the, the character. The human Chloe. trafficker. And yeah, yeah. she went to yeah yes, she went to jail for being a human trafficker in a sex cult. <laughs> and it's possible Ezra Miller may be a worse human being. So. Wow. 
<laughs> it is possible. I'm yes. just saying. Oh, no, worse human being than who? It's going to be a very close number two. Yeah. Worse than who? Then Allison Mack, the one who went for who's uh, the, the co-star of Smallville, who went to jail for human trafficking. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ezra Miller is pretty. Yeah, it, I mean, it's probably hard to, to, to debate. He's a wackadoodle. But yeah, he's yes. terrible. Yeah, he's just. It's a shame too. Well, talent-wise, he was really good. But yeah, he, he's he's just a scumbag. What I mean he's really good, Phil? He was in. He was, of course, he was brilliant. He was the best part of your favorite thing from last year on TV. No, he was, actually, he was the worst part, possibly. <laughs> right? He was. Terrible. I think your memory is, is faulty. I think you need to go back and. Is he talking it. about the stand? The stand, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he played stand he was horrible in that. that again and make sure. Oh my God, he's terrible. Yeah, I think he, you miss. I think you're missing the nuances he brought to the role. You mean I the really nuances of masturbating to big fires? <laughs> Yeah, it was the most well, what do you masturbate to, Mr. Mr. High and Mighty? <laughs> not, not big explosion fires that I made. I can tell you that. Yeah, doubt, doubt. He was, he was so horrible. So who makes the fire explosions yeah. that you masturbate to? Put it this way, that was a I bad show. Did. That was a bad show, and he may have been the worst part of that show. Oh, I don't know, Phil. I think you need to watch it again to make no, sure. No, 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 no. I'm glad you didn't include me in that, Eric. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that's, that's you know the running joke there, right? Yeah, because the mist. Because because <laughs> he kept complaining about how bad the mist was, but he kept watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, there was I was addicted. It was weird. It was like <laughs> I never I never quit any shows, but I actually quit the mist because it was so bad, and we weren't doing a podcast on it, so I could. Yeah, and I always <laughs> quit shows, but for some reason the mist I just had to watch. I don't know why. I it was like it was a sickness. A sickness. Are you down with the sickness? Yeah, exactly. Down wow. With sickness. Now, that was a great film by Zack Snyder and James Gunn, as a matter of fact. Uh, 2004, Dawn of the Dead. I went. I, I saw that with uh, uh, one of my exes. It was a pretty awesome movie. And, and afterwards, we talked about the dog and how important it was to save the dog. And we're completely off the rails. Yes. All right. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think that's about the only news uh, of note. So I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan? I do. Oh, speaking of Dan, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, because we actually already did an episode on this movie, was Smile. Smile. I watched that with Dan. I saw. <laughs> and that was funny. <laughs> He, he was not happy about that movie. <laughs> he kept on yelling at, yelling at me and yelling at the TV. And Why? Yelling out in general, God, horror movies are the worst! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why he didn't like it. That's interesting. Oh, it was it was in particular, there was a, a very quick shot of uh, when she's visiting with the uh, woman whose husband was oh, yeah. delivering the chain and uh, Committed suicide with a hammer. Yeah. They do a very quick cut <laughs> to that guy after he's dead. And that uh, really upset him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a guy this is a guy that likes Laz von Trier, so it makes no sense. He's very inconsistent. Yeah, very um, it's part of his it's part of his charm. Uh, anyway, Dan and I do a general interest podcast together called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. You can find it wherever we get podcasts. All right, sounds good. Um, 
Mike, uh, me, you, and Eric uh, do another podcast. Uh, we just released an episode, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. What's that all about? About a year old. Um, it is the episode is the, the podcast Cinema a la Carte, uh, which we basically record when we're not doing 14 other podcasts about TV shows that are terrible. Um, or that at least, at least that Phil hates. And um, yeah, last episode I think we recorded was six months ago. That hasn't been released yet. But we, we rotate, we take turns picking a film that we love. So often these tend to be older films and classic films, although we have seen newer things like Inside Out and Starlet and Hostels. Uh, but we've also reviewed uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the one that was just released. Uh, and Forbidden Planet Flash Forward and were a couple of mine and uh, Collateral and uh, History of Violence were a couple of Phil uh, and Eric did one of the edge because he's got a thing for Mark the Bear. Um, probably why we're doing an entire month of a podcast dedicated to Cocaine Bear. But uh, yeah, so we should be doing our next movie, which is one of mine. And so, yes, it's probably going to be an older science fiction film. Uh, and then it'll be back to Phil and then it'll be back to Eric. And then keep going round and round and round. And, and that was a, a trivia question uh, this week uh, at, at the Power Trivia about the movie we're going to do next. Um, and Barrett, uh, me, you, and a, a group of rotating co-hosts, uh, specifically uh, the last episode, which was a te- Netflix TV series we did an episode on that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, with Sean Fox. Uh, what was that? What is that podcast? Yeah, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Um, our last one that was released was about the show um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and uh, that was released probably two weeks ago, I think, maybe something yep. like that. And we've got more stuff coming this month. Um, I think we're doing a book review. I'm not so sure. Phil has uh, got to get on yeah. the on the stick. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got to uh, coordinate with you. Uh, I'll text you later tomorrow. Barrett, uh, just give up now. I've been waiting since uh, we started the <laughs> podcast for him to read uh, 112263. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. But anyway, could, uh, so yeah, yeah. So Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, right, Eric? I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Barrett? Yep. All right, sounds good. So uh, let's get into our final thoughts on this film here, Violent Night. Uh, so let's start with you, uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. It was a lot of fun. It definitely is violent. Uh, really not meant for kids. <laughs> it's an adult Christmas movie, uh, but it is very, very fun. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mike? Yeah, uh, possibly my favorite Christmas movie that we've done outside of Krampus. Uh, it's Bad Man. Bat- Santa? Bad Man is up there, too. Bad Man. Uh, no, uh, Fat Man. Fat uh, Fat Man, sorry, Fat yeah, Man that's awesome. is up there too. Uh, Bad Man was a completely different film. Don't watch that one. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> don't. That's not a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, I I can't recommend it highly enough. If to people who are uh, fans of the action and or holiday genre, so yeah, definitely definitely check it out. All right, and Eric. Uh, I mean, you've heard what we said about the movie. Uh, at this point, you probably know if it's your thing or not. If it is, check it out. Uh, I had a really good time. All right, sounds good. And uh, would this qualify as a horror film, or does this qualify as a, a, a speculative fiction? Uh, I would go action comedy. Uh, yeah. Maybe dark action comedy. Yeah. Action dark right. comedy. Christmas yeah, movie. Well, Christmas yeah, movie we have a little piss people off. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. This one here, fall, a couple others that we have to determine where they fall. But uh, yeah, we got to have that discussion. 
Yeah, we definitely should this year. Uh, and there's only going to be four of us, so it'll make it be a little easy to do. But either way, uh, for this film here, uh, Violent Night uh, just released 2022, uh, December 2nd, at least in the United States, uh, directed by Tommy Ricola, uh known for the Dead Snow franchise, written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, uh, known for the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, franchise, starring David Harbour, John Leguizamo and Beverly D'Angelo, among others. Uh, the film is there and should be there probably for early J- January, I would think. Uh, so what are the odds that for the sequel they can bring in Chevy Chase's the dad? There you go. Um, That'd be hilarious. That, that would be a great, great uh, Easter egg. Um, so uh, let's uh, say t- definitely check it out. Uh, go see it. And with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's let's talk about Violent Night. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Jesus.